Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with a fantastic artist, Iris Strikes. I love that name because it literally just literally says it all in the name uh, and it's and it's spelt with a Y and 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 an X, um, but yeah, I love that name. It just says that you get you're literally fighting in the ring. You're you're taking control of of your journey and your music. Um, and if you haven't checked her out, check her out on Spotify. Uh, I think Get Loose uh, cracked uh, two hundred thousand uh, streams. I think it was over two hundred thousand. Um, so you're on SoundCloud and very active on IG as well. But welcome to the podcast. It's really great to have you. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, one of the things I really wanted to ask you about was about one of your albums, Ice and Fire, obviously referencing Game of Thrones. I'm sure you get lots of questions about that. What prompted that move? Well, I mean, A, Game of Thrones is really relevant. I mean, I love it. And the second thing is, you know, it's really about a Game of Thrones, you know, everybody's trying to get on top. Everybody is always power plays and music. So it was like having that as my beginning as, as an intro song for the album. It really kind of just set it up as to what the album was about. Like the lyrics throughout all the songs is pretty much about, you know, the moves that I've made in the industry, you know, from the beginning to, the, to up until that point. And so do you identify with the character or do you identify with the struggle? The struggle. <laughs> Is there a part of it that that you found like strange or something that you didn't expect? What do you mean? Like in terms of the struggle, getting your career off the ground, getting to the point where you are now, is there anything that surprised you about the journey and actually what it took to get to where you are? Huh. Um, I can't say that I was really surprised because... Um, so for me, music and creating art is about getting to know who I am as a person and, and working through my issues and being able to express it. So music is a, gives me that venue to do that. So I expect growth, you know, like if, if I'm not growing as an artist, as an individual, then, you know, what am I doing? So growth, I expect um, in terms of like chasing some type of dream or whatnot, like you know, my, my whole thing is I compete with myself. So every day I just want to be a better version of who I, who, I, who I was yesterday. And so once you're like that, it's like, yeah, you expect to rise, but I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a challenging kind of journey that everybody is on, especially in this industry, because like you do have to be quite introspective. Is that a learned skill or did you find that growing up you had that skill already? That's a good question. You know, um, I think it. I think it's learned. I think it, I think it comes from a place where you you learn. You realize that you need to be brutally honest with yourself if you want to grow. It's a, it's a desire. I think to to rise above. You know, because it's so easy to play the victim role. You know, and just like dwell on things that's happened to you. It takes a lot of strength and courage, and it has. To, you need to have that will to do it. To really just like invest in getting to know who you are. And then deciding that you want better for your life, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think there's something said for empowering yourself and looking inward rather than outward all the time. Because I think when you look outwards, you feel like you're out of control. But when you look inwards, you suddenly gain this acceptance. Okay, now I can control and end up kind of envisioning where my destiny is. Yep, exactly. You got it. <laughs> what advice do you give to people who are struggling through that? So obviously we talk now and you're in a good spot, like you're introspective. You can look at yourself and be like critical, but not overly critical. How did you get to that place where you find the balance? Um, okay. So I can tell you, I meditate um, and I keep it so 
positive. So one of the key things that took me like a while, it took me like two or three years to master this, was whenever I got a negative thought, I will replace it with three positive thoughts. And that takes a lot of discipline, believe it or not. It's so simple, but it takes a lot of discipline because we have a tendency of like, oh, somebody did something wrong to us. We want to dwell on that. But instead I say, okay, you know what? What's good about this person? And instead I focus on three good things. And if it's not about the person, then I find three good things about my life. And I focus on that instead. So it's really about just replacing that. If you can replace that negative thought on all that energy you spend on negativity and put that on positivity, your life is going to grow. It's, it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. To be honest, I think we might need to start a brand new podcast, like with meditation hour with you, where you just give us some, some tips of the day. Cause that's a really good one. I think that, you know, I can start implementing that in my life. I think every, everyone goes through these negative or these challenging thoughts and then to be able to replace them would just be amazing. Yeah. It takes discipline. It's, it sounds easy, but it's not. <laughs> but if you can you do that. How long have you been doing that for? Years. Like I started, okay. So my aunt put me onto it because she was like, I just like realized like she lets nothing get to her. And like, she has every reason to like not be here anymore. And she's still here. And she always be like, you know, I'm just going to get to my quiet space, you know? And she would say divine order. That's what she would say. When things didn't go, well, she just say divine order. She just let it go. And then things would work out. So I was just like, okay, let me get into this. And this has been like at least five years ago. And you know, it's like when you hear about things, you don't really get fully into it. But then you start and you're like, oh, wait, when I was doing this, this was actually going right for me. So I'm like, okay, let me continue doing this. And then it just was like a discipline. Like waking up in the morning and starting my day off with something positive was a discipline. Like it's so easy, but it's not, right? Because we get up with the phones going off, you know, you're checking, you got emails, you know, you got everybody DMing you. So it's like, ah, but no, if you take that first five minutes of your day to yourself, you're just like, forget everybody. I'm going to focus on me and positivity right now. Trust me, your day goes so much better. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people just struggle to get out of bed. I think that's their their hustle that like they're just like oh getting out of bed is hard today <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true though but that's where the motivation comes in too but you're gonna be surprised like if you start this the positivity actually propels you forward because it's like because you're putting it in your mind you're putting it in the universe so the universe now starts orchestrating for you so you're doing less work than you actually need to do because your mind is already controlling the negative space and that's what people understand mind is power so whatever you put in your mind, that's actually going to start opening up doors for you. And you're just going to see things just start falling in your lap, you know, and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And that's literally what happened to me. You know, I just was ended up being in the right place at the right time every time. So, did you, so do you wake up and go straight into meditation? Like what's your kind of routine on that front? Like what's the positive thing that you do in the mornings? So, I mean, it varies, right? So like sometimes I'll just be laying down and I'll it was, it's just thoughts. Like a lot of people, like they go into the hole, like, you know, they sit down and they're like, mm, you know, I don't do any of that. I, it's just, it's just a thought process for me. That's it. It's like, okay. I think about where, where I'm at right now, where I want to go. I think about people in my life that I, and people I want to see succeed. So I put all positive thoughts towards them as well. Like the doors open up for them, you know, healing to happen. Like some people need healing. A lot of people they're trapped in their past. So they just keep going around in a circle. So sometimes I meditate and I focus on, okay, help them to open up their eyes to see that, you know, they're trapped in this situation. And until they actually get to a point in themselves where they want better for their lives, you know, so I pray for them to want better. Sometimes it just comes from a desire to want more, that desire to actually want to be healed from your past because everybody has trauma, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's even harder, especially for young people these days to, to look at, especially like with COVID and, and like, I'm in Melbourne, so we've been. This is out where I'm currently in my fifth isolation. Like we're at home uh-huh. five times locked down, but like even with masks wow. and stuff, because they lose the social interaction, and then you see everyone on IG and you see everyone on TikTok, and everyone's life yeah. is all together. And then you look inwards, and you're like, I don't have that. What's going on? So I think that that is really important to to work on. 
Yeah, but that's where it goes, comes back to you're only competing with yourself, you know? If every day you strive on just being a better version than you was yesterday, you're going to grow. And that's all that matters because my happiness is, is based on me. It's not based on what I see in the world. You know what I mean? Like, it has nothing. My growth is, is me. And my growth is going to be different from your growth. It's going to be different from Nicki Minaj's growth. You know what I mean? Like everybody is is on different levels. And it's like, you got to know what works for you and not compare because the world wants us to compare, right? They want us to get trapped. They want us to like want all these things, you know? But the thing is knowing what you want. And, and that's where the honesty comes in. Like, that's the first step. You have to be honest with yourself. You know, what do you really want out of life? You know? Yeah. And I think it's, for some people just being like you saying that is enough for them to be like, what I want is enough. You know what I mean? I think sometimes a lot of people get pressured into this is what you should want versus this is what I actually want. And there's like those two expectations versus reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. You know, but once you know, and you go after it, you're going to get it and you're going to be happier for it. When you know, because the thing is, when you when you go after things that you don't really want, but you think you want, when you get it, you're still not happy. So you end up in the same circle, and a lot of celebrities are like that. When they think they want this, and they get there, and they realize, oh no, this is not what I want. So they keep chasing these dreams, and they they're just really dreams because they're not they're not based on reality. It's not what they really want, you know. And the fame doesn't give you happiness, unfortunately. It does not. It actually, it actually probably hurt you more than anything else. <laughs> well, what do you see for your future? Because obviously you've got, you've got quite an interesting journey, which we'll touch into at some point throughout the, the podcast. But what do you see for your future? What's the next step for yourself? Well, right now I'm trying to get back on stage. You know, that's what I'm focused on. Like I've been reaching out to different people, different tour managers, and I just really want to get back. Stage. I miss the stage, you know, so I want to get back on tour and yeah. And like, definitely I want to expand outside of the U S and go in like into the European market. I would love to do that. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's my, that's my main goal. My, my thing is I love performing. Yeah. I think there are like two types of artists, artists that are just happy in the recording studio and then artists that are like, that's good, but I need to be on stage and I need to feel the crowd's energy and I need to have that in, like, I just need to have that a part of me. Yes. It's, it's, it's just like, it's a phenomenal feeling. It's like, it just takes you over and like the energy. And like when the people come rushing to the floor, to the front of the stage, it's like, it's like crazy. You know, you just feed off. It's like this larger than life experience, you know? And for me, I love it. Like from the first time I stepped foot on a stage in, in high school and, I was actually a prostitute and I only had one line, you know, but it was like this, it was like this crazy feeling. like I was there, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? And that's when I realized, well, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I need to be on stage. So my whole goal since then was just let me get on stage. You know? Yeah. I like what, so what was the, the performance? Was it like just a drama type thing or was it like a musical? What was the, the instigating performance? Oh, so I was in a play called, I think, I think Waiting for a Good Day. Um, and I played this prostitute in like this desert. And I literally, I only had one life, but I was about to fail drama class. So I was just like, who fails drama? <laughs> <laughs> like, my parents are going to kill me if I fail drama. So I literally like just threw my entire being into this role. Like I, I remember I wore like these, I put on like these uh, colorful like socks. Pull them up and I put on like these boots and I have my hair like all wild and crazy. I'm like, this is what a trap looks like to me. So yeah. <laughs> and I just walked on the stage fully embodying the life of a trap. Like you couldn't tell me I was gonna trap in that moment. And uh, you know, it's so crazy because my goal was to was to not feel drama. But what I gained from that was discovering who I was and what really made me come alive. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, like, when you when you go, when you put yourself 100 into something that you may not even necessarily be interested in, but you put 100 into it, you're still going to benefit from that. So I tell people, give 100 at whatever you, if you're collecting garbage on the street, put 100 into that, because you're going to grow from that experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I did drama as well in high school. So, like, I could, yeah, uh, I, like, it's weird, because I never thought of myself as creative until... 
I realized that that was creative. Like I was horrible at art at school. Like I can't draw painting and stuff like that. It just was never a part of me. So I was always like, I'm not artistic and I'm not creative. And then I realized that like performing on stage, like that I like, and I like public speaking, hence why I do this. But it's like, it's like cool how when those young, when you're young, you find those things that you love and that, energy of the crowd like I always laugh loved when I make a joke and then the crowd laughs and I'm like oh yeah oh, that it just like fuels the fire yeah yep so you know what I mean you experienced it yeah. you understand that yeah do you find the nerves ever go away because for me the nerves never go like I'm always nervous until I start you know what it's, it's so funny my dancers they're like iris you don't seem nervous because like they were like nervous like every time we go on stage and like why don't you feel nervous it's, i think i found a way to channel it so it's not that i don't get nervous is that i'm able to channel it into me being like spectacular on stage so it's like i use that that energy to just become like even bigger so my performance on stage is always a hundred times better than when we practice it in the studio always because that nervous energy just fuels it you know what i mean so I don't feel nervous. I feel excited. I'm like, man, where's my mic? Let's go. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. I, I can definitely attribute to that because I'm like, I'm all about prep. If I'm performing, I'm all about preparation. I need to know what I'm doing. And if you haven't prepared, then it's bad nervous. But if I've prepared, then I'm just nervous because I'm like, the crowd is there. The expectation is there and you just channel the energy. But then once you get that opening line, or that opening, just once it starts, it's like a different planet. Yeah. The nerves disappear because it's just what you've been training to do. And you know what, with music, it's not even not even the first line. It's when that beat drops. It's like, whoa, it's go time. You know what I mean? So music, I think, has a little bit of an advantage over plays, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been like, oh, damn, that is hard, like, like surprised yourself by how good a beat drop is? Like, I feel like... If I was out on stage, I'd be like, oh, that is so good. But by the way, I have to perform. Yeah. I mean, you mean like when the beat comes in and and you hear it and you get taken away by it. And then you're like, I mean, like when you're on stage and it comes in. Yeah. Like, I feel like it would surprise. Like, I would, because I'm like the, the type of fan where the beats get me. Like, that hooks me. That's the first thing. So if I if I was performing in this mythical land where I can rap, um then that would be the, and I would just vibe to that so much that I would almost forget that I'm actually performing on stage. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened before. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened before. Like I've heard stories where people just freeze up when they're on stage because they like, you know, or in other words, like they just get carried away and then you forget your lyrics. So I think in, in that world, it'll be like, holy crap, I'm so caught up in this music right now. What word is coming next? You know, like a lot of people don't realize like, when you rehearse and you go with your dancers, that's one thing. Knowing your lyrics, I don't care how good you know your lyrics or how good you think you know them, you never know them good enough. Like, you are always going to mess up on stage. The key is, is the audience going to figure out that you messed up or not? I mean, that's what, that's what separates, like, a great performance from, like, a rookie. Like, you learn techniques, how to cover that, how to make it look intentional. You know what I mean? And like when you skip over words, you know, it's normal in rap to skip over. So you know, like, okay, well, what you can skip over, what you can't skip over. And it's like, you just have to kind of like go with the flow. And it's like the rule in acting, right? Whatever happens, just keep it moving, you know? Yeah. But and, it and it's, up to your, it's up to your partner. It's up to your, your band and your DJ to keep the show moving. Oh, yeah. So like if you're, oh, yeah. if you're performing and you skip a line or you miss a line, your partner can either go, uh, you missed a line or they can fill in the gap. That improvised part is an important part of it because otherwise it's a team effort because I've been on the it other is. side where the person forgets their lines and you've got to step up and you've got to give them a way out because otherwise it's just a deep hole. And if you don't help them out, it goes to shit. Exactly. And you know, a lot of times when you step in and you kind of just improv because you know the work, you know your character it actually ends up being a better performance than just sticking to the lines. You know what I mean? A lot of times, you know, and it actually becomes more rewarding and more fun because it's like you allow that character now to go places where you didn't even think it would go because 
you know, somebody messed up. Uh, that's how it is. So yeah, you're right. Like you just, it's, it's a, it's a team effort. If you have, you're part of a great team and they just go with it and they just feel like you just riding on each other, man, it's a beautiful experience. Yeah. And, and I think the important message is exactly what you said. Everybody will fuck up a show, whether it's one, 10, everybody will make mistakes. I was speaking to Kyle Lucas a couple of weeks ago and he literally said the same thing. He's like, be ready. No matter how well you prepare, you will make a mistake or it will sound won't work or something won't work and you have to continue. Accept that and you'll be okay. Exactly. Exactly. So where did music come into your growing up? Because obviously it's a big part of your life right now and has been for a long period of time, but where does it fit within your childhood and, and growing up? Um, so I actually started playing the piano when I was like three or four. I started off um, in classical training. And then after that, I, I went into poetry and that just turned into songwriting. And then I started composing my own songs. And then I ended up meeting up with this guy at, uh, at Diplomat when I was living on Ocean Drive with my, with my family. And I ended up reading him this poem and turns out he was in, in Cash Money Records. So he ended up setting up my first like professional studio session. I recorded three songs in that session. And yeah, from there I just took off. Did you always have this musical part in you? Did you feel like throughout your growing up in your childhood that this was an avenue you could explore or was it just like a hobby at the time? So crazy thing is I, I like, if anything, I would want to be a singer, to be honest. Um, but I've always like been involved in music, whether it's dance, you know, I've, I've been dancing probably since I was five, you know, like every form of dance, ballet, tap, hip hop, gymnastics even. Um, but to say be a rap artist, I never thought I would be a rap artist, to be honest with you. But I love music. I love like almost every genre. And I just, and I love expressing, I, I started writing poetry when I was eight. Oh, wow. So that's so I, young. Yeah, like I've gone through something and, and writing was the only way that I could express myself. So I became a really good writer, you know, and rap is poetry, you know, songs is poetry. So that actually laid the groundwork for me to become a rapper. I just didn't know it at the time until like, like I had done one song where I rap. And the only reason why I became a rap, rap artist, I think is because I can't sing. You know, <laughs> I think if I could sing, I'd probably be like a singer or something. Maybe do like R&B or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you do hit melody, though, because your your genre isn't straight hip hop. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just if, yeah. I, if someone was like, what is hip hop? I wouldn't show your music. You blend so many different styles. Like you've got, you know, an island vibe. You've got a pop vibe in there. You've got a lot of you know, melodic hooks rather than just straight up bars for the whole thing. So I think what you do quite well is you hit a lot of genres and, and actually get to a lot of different audience points. Yeah, this is true. You know, this is, this is actually true. My, and it's because I love, um, I love collaborating and I love fusion. You know, I think that it's a beautiful thing when you can take two or three different genres and push them together you know, bringing musicians from these different genres. Hey, here's the music. This is not something you would typically do, but let's see what you do, you know? And honestly, like, it's been a, an amazing experience in the studio, like working with very talented musicians and being able, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Am I able to hold a note? Yeah, sure. A melody? Sure. But that took a lot of practice. I, I was studying with um, Kachita de Antuniano. Um, she was actually, a, a prof she went to Juilliard and she said she would never, no, not even take students like me because I sang so horribly. But because my name was Iris, and she had a lot of Iris flowers in her in her apartment, and she had like um, she had sung in the opera Iris. She thought it was destiny. You know. I love that. I love that. It's like you, you normally no, you're not good enough. But just because of this, like it's it's like the the universe brings us together. Then yes, yeah. Yeah. Did you so, see the dramatic improvement? Oh, look, even my mom saw it. My mom was like, she didn't believe in miracles until she witnessed the voice transformation I had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go for my mom. My mom loves me. 
like she, she used to tell me, Iris, don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths because singing is, that's definitely a weakness. Don't even focus on that. Let that one go. <laughs> you know, I think that's not bad advice. It's not, you know, but yeah. I worked at it because I believed in myself and I'm just like, man, I'm going to hold a note. Like I had that in yeah, you had it. You had it in your head. Like when someone says you can't do it, you're like, oh, "I'll show you. I'll show you I can." Exactly, man. I busted my hip. Like I was working two hours, three hours every day, Monday to Friday. You know, training my voice for like years before I could finally hold a note. What was the hardest part? Because I'm not a good singer. Like, let alone like as 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 I said before, like my skill set is this, but I cannot. I I just don't know how to use my voice in a way that has melody it's like monotone so what was your challenge like what was the thing you had to overcome before you got to the stage where you're like I'm comfortable now you know what it was belief in myself so my my instructor she she believed in me like she believed that I could do it because like she was like Iris it doesn't make sense that you can't hold a note like you're a pianist you know what these sounds sound like but because I've been told my whole life that I couldn't do it, it was like I believed it. Even though I wanted to prove them wrong, I still be- it was a part, big part of me that still believed what everybody was saying. So I think once I overcame, I, I just realized, you know what, Iris, you do this. Like, just listen, relax. And once I was able to let go of all of the negativity and just believe that I could do it, it, it just started to come naturally. Honestly, like, she would do, like, a broken scale and before I couldn't do it and I was able to do it was like four or five octaves you know it was like it was belief in yourself once you believe that you can do something it it it, it breaks down that first set of chains that you need in order to like finally actually do it you know and then after that it's just working on it working on it working on getting better at it you know it's like it's like memory you know you have to if you're learning a a sonata you know you're not going to get it right the first time but if you practice it you know, eventually it's going to, it's going to come right. And, and that's all it was. Yeah. I think it's just about giving yourself the the option to, to struggle through it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you got to accept that it's going to be hard and you got to accept that you're not going to be an expert three lessons in, like it will take time, but yeah. those like 1%, like 1% every day, like you said, if you can get a little bit better, every day then over a long period of time you're going to see exponential growth yes you hit it on the head well i should be interviewing you (laughs) (laughs) well we can do a a spin-off at a a different point i need to i need to prepare because it's very different experience being interviewed to being the interviewer so to speak like i've been interviewed before and it's like i just talk way too much (laughs) like it's just it ends up being just me rambling on and and that is one of my biggest challenges is like how to shut up and so that's like what I had to work on during during this is like what's the balance between me talking and my guest talking and I reckon I went the completely the other way at the beginning like I was just asking questions and I wouldn't input anything at all and so now it's more of a conversation because I was like at some point I've got to show personality as well well, I mean, you definitely accomplished that. <laughs> well, well, that's great to hear. Maybe I am ready for an, for another interview. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think. I think, so. I think so. <laughs> don't be shy. So, how is how are your parents like throughout this journey? Obviously, you know, getting into hip hop is like a unique genre in itself because it's not always attributed with positive things it's attributed with a lot of different stereotypes in terms of what the industry is in terms of what the artists are how did your parents kind of feel when you had went down that path um well I did it a pretty good way so I I actually my sister my my older sister she was getting married around the time that I started so one of the first songs that I did hip-hop was actually a song titled Heather and when they saw me on stage and I brought in my brothers, I brought in my other sister and like, we did like this whole performance. And when they saw it, it was like, whoa, you know what I mean? So I really got the approval from my entire family at the same time. And they saw that hip hop wasn't like what a lot of people try to portray it as, you know, it was really just me expressing myself 
through written word and in in the in the style of hip hop and the style of rap. You know, that's really all that it is. Like it doesn't have to be you know the stigma that's attached to it. You know, and it was a very positive performance. Like everybody loved it. So from that, there's just like they never really looked at me as you know like a gangster or anything like that. You know, like they looked at me as me and understood that that was my way of expressing myself. And to be fair, you don't really pretend to be a gangster anyway. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're you're fronting and you've got, you know, guns in your, in your music videos and stuff like that. So it's like, you could, there's like a way to do it where you don't have to be like, you know, pretending that you're from that life. Yeah, it's true. And then I also kind of straddle between hip hop and pop. Like a lot of the songs that I do are like kind of poppy as well. You know, I don't just stay in that like gangster hip hop, you know what I mean? Do I switch it up and can I go there? Yeah, sure. But I definitely don't try to portray being a gangster, like you said, you know? Yeah, I think that's just asking for trouble. Like I've interviewed some people on the podcast and they they come from that life. Like they have experienced the the struggle of like being in gangs and, and knowing those those types of individuals. And when we talk, I'm always like, just so you know, that is not me at all. So I'm not even going to pretend, like, I understand. I'm just going to listen. But, and one of them was like, oh, you should come. We can go to the hood. And I'm like, you got it. I'll pass on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't worry. If you're with me, they'll, they'll think you're, you're oh, yeah. carrying. And, yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? I think I'm happy in my own kind of suburb where, where I don't have to have that pretend kind of because otherwise I'm going to be like I'll wait in the car you guys off you go <laughs> I feel you on that one it was a wise decision yeah <laughs> so because what I also noticed was like in your music you started really at the beginning more hip-hoppy like more pure rapping and then as your journeys progressed you've started to add all these layers was that a progression of sun add melody where did that come from in terms of starting to add those layers well when you start out you kind of like use what you have right so a lot of the beats came from greg and and he's in the cash money world so a lot of it was straight hip-hop so i just used what i had you know what i mean like i wasn't trying to spend a whole bunch of money on beats money to spending on musicians to come in the studio and vibe me, you know what I mean? Like it took time to build to where I, I could afford to have musicians now come in now do the melodies that I have in my head. You know what I mean? So I always tell people, you know, start with what you have, you know, let that, you can still grow, you know? So the melodies is something I would have loved to do from the very beginning, but I mean, it takes, it takes way more work to bring people together in the studio because everybody wants to get paid, you know, and, and, and collab and, and make something beautiful. You know, like I, I still have more things that I have and I'm actually working on a musical right now, which is like one of my dreams, you know, and it's going to be more melodies than that as well. It's going to be even more. It's actually venturing away from the hip hop world and, and really doing the things that I've had in my head for years, you know. What's what's the musical about? It's OK. So it's titled Beast and it's about pretty much um, unleashing the beast within. So like the, the, the whole time you think that this this beast in the play is is holding back this female. And, you know, it, it keeps her in this cage and these chains or whatever. And, you know, and she ends up locking up this, this beast into a cage. So he ends up locking up in the cage, put shackles on it. And, you know, and it, towards the end, you then figure out that, okay, this beast is actually her. And she's um, keeping this, ba- this, this beast locked up. So it's about really figuring out who you are, being 100 with yourself, and then unleashing the beast within not being afraid of it you know what i mean because a lot of us we we're afraid to unleash the beast within you know what i mean like for whatever reason like a lot of times we get the opportunity to rise and we kind of like cower away from it you know because we're afraid of our we're afraid of ourselves like we're afraid of our own success so it's really about discovering that and and not being afraid to now unleash it that sounds that sounds really really interesting it's like almost also got the symbolism of like beauty in the beast as well and like, I, I've always liked that symbolism of like the the beauty within, and and the beast is as much a victim as as much as a perpetrator, and just that whole relationship dynamic is so interesting to me. So I like 
the the symmetry of like beauty and the beast and then the the ugliness of the beast but the importance of having that part of you still really important as opposed to just just the beauty yes Yes, you got it (laughs) (laughs) i should i should join the uh i should write the the in-depth review on it just to add all these these parts to it but i feel like it's really difficult to write a play because there's so many different moving parts in a play versus a song because you need stage directions you've got all these different components of like all right what does the set look like how many people are going to be on the set where is the blocking so how is that journey of actually figuring that part of it out versus you know constructing a song or an album it's like okay so when i write i can i I literally see everything like i see how how the actors are moving i see the i see the scene like it's not just like when I write, it's just like a, a blank image, you know? When I write, it's with moving characters. It's with, it's with it's in a scene. So what the play allows me to do now is to really express that. So now visually, you can actually see what's going on in my head, you know? So it's just, it just takes the writing, I feel like the whole other level, you know? It takes the music the whole other level because now you can really express yourself in story form. And that's just like, you know, a song's like, what, three minutes? But in a play, you know, you got you got an hour or two to to really express that. So now you can really develop it, and it could be so so much more detailed. And it's like to me, that's a joy. You know, I love it. And I, I come from the world of film, so it's like you know, and I love when I say I love Broadways. I love Broadways. So I'm excited about that. And when I was in New York, I like met some key people. You know, like this orchestra as well. That you know they want to come on board with it. So. I'm excited. It's not something that's going to happen right now, but definitely like in some years. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that because uh, then hopefully you can do a, do a tour and and come out. Cause yeah, I think I've always loved live musicals. Like I don't, I don't like musicals in film because I'm like, it doesn't have that same feeling, but actually sitting in an audience and being a part of a musical is awesome. Yeah. One of the best. Do you have like a favorite play? Okay, that's difficult to attend because I have like it's different genres, right? Like, um, so Motown was one of my favorites in terms of music. You know, I love the music of Motown, and also and also Beautiful was good too. Um, in terms of like art design, staging, I mean Frozen, Frozen was so beautiful to watch. It was just an, a beautiful play, mm. like absolutely beautiful. Um, in terms of like acting. So many of them were good. I can't really tell you what was my favorite in terms of acting. In terms of being blown away, King Kong and um, Miss, Miss Saigon. Saigon, Saigon. They landed a helicopter on, on the stage. And that was wow. the first time I ever saw that. You know, like King Kong was crazy because they had like this oversized King Kong on the stage. And like his arm came out and I was sitting like in the third row. So I was like, ah! That <laughs> like, is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites has to be Wicked. I just love the story. Yeah, I saw it when I was in high school. It was unbelievable. Just like, it just changes the whole, you know, the whole story around and just, it's just one of those plays and the characters are so good. I actually love the character development in that. Yeah, and you know what's true to that is like what you think is good is bad. What you think is bad is good and like, there's nobody that's bad that didn't come from something good. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know the story, so you can't judge people, you know? Yeah, yeah like the Wicked Witch in the West is not actually wicked and she's no. just trying to survive. And, and you see this this change of, like, different perspectives because it's like the the protagonist in the original film is no longer the protagonist. She becomes the antagonist. She's like the yep. evil character. And then you see this... Oh, it's just so good and just, yeah, it just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's something that everybody should watch because it, it hits it on the head. It's like, what you see in, in social media isn't necessarily what's real. You know what I mean? And what you see in the media isn't necessarily what's real. Like, it's it's biased, you know? So it's like, if you have a different perspective on it, if you've got to know the other person's side, maybe now you can actually make a decision on it you could actually make a decision for yourself instead of like just being thrown this information because everybody thought she was wicked. Everybody, you know? And you see this and you're like, holy crap, she's not wicked. What? 
she's you know? so, yeah. yeah. And and that's why I love doing this, to be honest, because like you know, there's no way for for people to to really understand who you are without talking to you. So like I've been surprised literally so many times by the people that I speak to, just like this is not what I expected, and it's just. And that's just what people are. People are surprising. Like we just look at what they do and we're like, oh, they'll probably be like this. But for the most part, we all are just on this interesting, different journey. And I think you're definitely one of those people. Like had I known that we would go into talking about acting and talking about, you know, this this journey of like introspection, then yeah, there's no way we would have known if we didn't have this chat. You know, you always attract what you're seeking. So in some way, you know, whoever's listening to this, you know, I don't see you, but someone's seeking that, you know? So it is what it is. Like it, it goes where it needs to go for the people who need to hear it. How do you feel like about like fans now? Because the idea of fans, like to me is just such a strange phenomenon that like people will be so invested in you and they will want you to succeed. Like I'm a fan of artists and I can imagine if I, like spoke to them I would not be able to speak like 50 Cent was the person who got me into hip-hop so if I spoke to him it would be like the dream come true and I'm not sure I would be able to formulate a single sentence but how do you actually like kind of approach fans and and realize that there are people who love you and love what you do and you inspire them to a point that literally when they're having hard times they go to you and go to your music well, I think it comes from a desire for wanting everyone to win. You know what I mean? So when I approach my fans, it's like, if I'm offering them something, they're also offering me something too. You know, everything is a trade-off. You know, it's not that I'm just giving to them, they're giving it to me too. And because they they love my music and they, they want to they wanna meet me or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's because it's something from me that they're getting, they're gaining from. And because they want it, it's like, pushes me to be better. You know what I mean? So it's really like a trade-off. Like they thank me, but I also thank them. You know, I'm very grateful and thankful because without them, like I don't feel like I'd, I'd be able to like okay get better at this. Like you know, everybody needs inspiration. You know, and fans are something like yeah. They, sometimes they can be brutal, you know, but a lot of times it's like you gotta take from it what you really need and, and keep it moving and get better. So I love my fans, and you know, I I wish I could meet every one of them. To be honest. The way to meet Iris is to go to her shows. So when she goes on tour, you got to buy the tickets and make sure you go, and then you'll be able to see her live. Yes. <laughs> so I really should be in the in the selling of music business, to be honest. Just you know, figuring out the the sales. Never know. Never, Never know. know. That, that is true. That is true. I mean. When I started this, I literally just started with two of my friends and we just talked about hip hop. And now, you know, I'm interviewing artists. So literally, you never know where it's going to end up. Uh, all you got to do is you just got to, like you said, take that first step because that first step is the most important one. Yep. And, it, and everything else works out once you take that first step. You know, and if it doesn't work out, you just keep stepping. <laughs> just keep stepping yeah one of the best pieces of advice ever that i was just like keep doing shit just keep doing it 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 may be a little bit directionless at some points but just keep working at it the direction will reveal itself at some point it just disappears when you stop it's like a path like you just got to keep walking the path you won't see your end destiny you'll just see the road and if you stop then the road stops as well so you just got to keep moving I agree. That that and that's great advice. If, if everybody who heard that does that, it, everybody's life is going to take off. You know what I mean? Or it, it doesn't matter what level you're on. You know, it's just going to take off because once you keep going, you you only you only lose when you quit. So. Yeah. And and on top of that, it doesn't matter what the pursuit is, whether it's artistry, whether it's you know becoming a musician, whether it's creative or not. The principles still apply. Like whether it's in investing, whether it's, you know, even in working at a relationship, if there's a relationship you want to get better, it's the same process, one step at a time. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. 
Well, I, I just think that that you do a great job of of putting music that's very positive out there. Like you, when I listen to your music, it's like I'm never sad. If that makes sense, like you've got this nice and 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 I feel like that's who you are as a person. So I think you've done a really good job of like putting who you are into your music. Like you can definitely feel that energy. I appreciate the fact that you noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? Like, how did, what was the, what was the process of like actually putting you in the music? Because I think we all want to do that or there are artists who want to do that, but there's a barrier between the true authentic self and the actual music that they put out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we don't know what we want. Right. And for me, it was like, so the first thing I did was I looked at artists and vibes that I, that I, you know, liked that I felt like, you know, could be something that I would want to do. And then I got with people like producers and writers and musicians that I felt fell in line with that vibe, you know? And you always know when you're in the studio if it's going to work once. You know from like the first hour or two if this is going to work or if it's not going to work. And honestly, it was just like, once you set the vibe and you come in there positive and everybody's happy about it, it just takes off. Like, you know, it's not something that I have to orchestrate. You know, it's just something that just it, 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 it takes on a life of its own, really. You know what I mean? Because it came from you. And now it's like it's like your baby, right? You, you have a baby and it comes from you. But then the baby has a life of its own. It goes where it wants to go. But the foundation you give it is what allows it to really spring, spring up. Right. So in the, in, the, in, the, in the creation process, it's like in the creative process, it's like the same thing. You start off with like an idea and then that idea kind of becomes its own, takes its own light form and you just go with it and you keep the vibe. And, and I'm involved in every step from, you know, every instrument that gets played, like I'm listening to it. I'm making sure that it fits, you know, every, every lyric that I write, you know, we go over it. Sometimes it's a freestyle on the mic because it just comes. And then sometimes I write it, you know, and then sometimes, you know, I work with another writer, you know, and especially like when I bring in a singer, like a lot of times I would let that singer write their own part, you know, and then we kind of like mixed it up. You know, it's, it's just a, a beautiful experience. But if you're involved in every stage of it, there's no way it's not going to be you, you know, it has to be you, you know, whatever you're feeling, if your vibe is right. And that's so important to like come in there with a positive mindset. Like, don't, like, just forget everything. Whatever trouble you was having, just focus on. Like, for me, have a good time. But having a good time, I literally focus on having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so do you write before you get to the studio? Do you have, like, a, a kind of uh, your lyrics before you come in? Or are you very much, like, let's write in the studio, let's use the vibe of the studio to bring the lyrics out? So when I first started, I don't want to get the beats beforehand. I wrote before I went to the studio. Now, because I don't have the beats beforehand, we're creating in the studio. We, we always write the lyrics right there. So usually I do like a three, four day block out for a song. And usually the first day is about creating the music. The second day is about putting the lyrics on it, you know? And the third day is about fine tuning and bringing in whatever extra artists I might want to bring in another singer or I want, want to add a saxophone player or, you know what I mean? Sometimes just little things that make a world of difference. You know, but yeah, everything's created now in the studio. Well, four days, that's still a long process for, for a song. Like, because once you, even when it's complete, it's not complete. Cause then like, I'm sure you listen back to it a week later and be like, I want to touch it up or I want to add little things. Yeah. And that happens. That happens all the time. You know, the key is not to mix it right away. Leave it open. Give yourself three months after you record it to be able to go back in there and, and change up things. Sometimes I've changed up a whole verse, you know, um, sometimes I've added in, you know, I'm like, you know what, this could really use a bass player right here in this moment, you know, or sometimes we rearrange, you know, but that that's, but the bass, the bass is done. And once the bass is done, everything else is just a matter of fine tuning. Once you don't spend your money on mixing and mastering too soon, you'll be all right. And do you have like people that you go to for mixing and mastering? Do you have like a, a crew or like people you regularly use or is it like now you kind of can move around a little bit? I mean, I can always move around, but the person I use is um, Javier Valverde. He's really good for mixing and he's also my recording engineer. And the guy that I use for mastering is um, DK Palace. DK, he's really good. He's 
really good. So for like my last three or four singles, I've used them, you know? Before I kind of moved around, but now I don't. I mean, if I like if I like the work, you know, I'm pretty loyal. And it's like, yeah, I've been using them, you know? Yeah. And obviously, once you can trust somebody, it's much easier than actually having to go out and, you know, start again, build a new relationship, you know, explain this is what I'm trying to achieve and, and kind of get them on the same page. Exactly. It takes the best out of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I can only imagine like the, the more I speak to people, the more I'm like, this is a really stressful job. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? It like, could being, be. like being a musician is really cool, but it's also super stressful at the same time. Yeah. You're wearing 15 different hats, you know? And the musician is the one, like, if you're independent, you're the one that has to pay for everything. Nobody cares that you're independent, you know? You have to pay for everybody comes in there. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you're taking a huge risk because what if the song doesn't work? What if people don't buy it? You know what I mean? So it's like, you, it's stressful because you, you also not have to push it. You could be your own marketing agent, you know? And it's crazy because right now in this world it's like and you so many scams oh my god that that's a conversation in and of itself oh my i would love to warn so many artists about scams because i fell into them in my first year or two too many scams what happened somebody's offering you something don't take it do you do you have like a, a story of what happened like one of the the scams it's so many because like okay so a lot of people like They'd be like, oh, they can do this or they can do that for you. Like, I even had a manager. He was from, the, I'm not going to say the, the camp he was from, but a very well-known camp. And this dude was like, okay, he's going to manage me. And his credentials were there. It, it was right, you know? And so I, I took him on, and this dude ended up putting me and my dancers in harm's way. Like, oh, wow. like legit. And then he ended up getting, yeah. And ended up finding out that he was, like, pretty much trying to scam me on my money. He wasn't even trying to help me as an artist. He was just using the context I'd already established and then, you know, getting me work from that. He wasn't finding new work. And then he was taking a cut out of my money, you know, saying, oh, he's my manager, but he's not really managing. You know, when you're managing, you're doing way more than just sitting back and waiting for a paycheck. Like you're actually actively seeking work. You're not just me responding to my DMs, you know, and I could do that myself. You know what I mean? So I ended up getting a lawyer involved. And he said, yeah, you pretty much just have to wait for this, this contract to be up. And that's that. You know, so that's what I did. You know, so I always tell people, like, don't just go signing contracts. Like, obviously, it's a lot deeper than that, too. But don't just go signing it. And all that glitters ain't gold. So take your time, you know? Let a person prove themselves to you. Yeah. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. All right, so I'm just putting this in, uh, punching this in after the interview. So Iris Strike's uh, phone just died. So uh, what we're going to do, we're going to come back and you'll hear the end of kind of the conversation. Uh, it's just going to be the the last question. I can't finish any podcast uh, without asking, you know, my favorite last question. So um, that'll come up literally right now. So excuse the connection. There's no kind of build up to it. It's just going to jump straight in but we'll jump into that literally right now this is the only question i ever plan on the podcast it's probably the hardest question you're ever going to get asked but if you had to recommend one album doesn't have to be hip-hop obviously can't be your own that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of what would it be um the greatest showman who's that by ah the soundtrack the Greatest the Showman greatest, soundtrack. Yeah, it's a movie. It's a musical. And the sh- that, that soundtrack is the greatest soundtrack I've ever heard, ever in my life. And I think that's because I come from, like, I love Broadway. You know, I love classical. I love hip-hop as well. I love pop. And this, um, if you just listen to it. I mean, like, it, it goes through this, like, the story of, it's based on a true story. and uh, It's really a story of, you know, the greatest gift, the greatest things are always right in the front of you. So like this dream that you're trying to chase, you're already living it, you know? So the songs are so powerful and so well-written. Um, 
it's, it's actually a team who, who composed the entire album pretty much. Um, I can't remember their names, two guys. They, one was the piano player and one was the lyricist. I think Justin something and, and something else. But yeah, listen to that soundtrack. And if you, if you want to watch the movie, yeah, I was like, oh, because they have a theater play as well. No, they don't have it in a place yet. They will, though. It was so good. They have to put it on Broadway or something. Like, eventually, it will be there. But The Greatest Showman is like, to me, they actually want soundtrack of, soundtrack of the year. A lot of people don't know that. Like, that's literally the greatest soundtrack I've ever heard, you know, ever. And there's a lot of great artists on it, including like Pink. She's on, she's one of the artists on it. Oh, wow. You know, it's really good. I'll have to check it even, out. Uh, Missy Elliott is yeah, it's good. Listen to it. I, I don't know. A lot of people don't recommend, but listen to it. You will be you will be amazed. You'll love it. You're the first person to recommend a movie soundtrack as the album that everybody should listen to. I like th- these days I'm getting some really interesting responses. I was just speaking to to somebody else, and they're just, you know, just songs and and soundtracks that you would not expect at all from especially from hip-hop artists either like uh it just shows that i feel i feel like i'm the only one who only listens to hip-hop i'm like and then i speak to to you know yourself and other artists and they're like nah i listen to so much more yeah yeah (laughs) i mean like i come from background you know i started piano when i was like four so it's like that music, I love like music, like all forms of music. And I love Broadway. Absolutely love it. So were so, you like, the drawn greatest... to the piano? Um, well, no, my, so my dad made us play the piano, but I ended up loving it, you know? And then I started composing my own songs and stuff like that. I just, it was just like my way of expressing myself, you know? So yeah, it just makes sense. Like my dream is to write a Broadway. Yeah. Know? And use the who knows you could get someone off the greatest show and use that kind of like as a soundtrack of inspiration and then oh yeah kind of come through um yeah i'm excited to see what you come up with but yeah all that kind of stuff stage directions and and that that like so confusing it sounds easy like writing a play until you start writing a play and you're like this is way harder than i thought it was but the key is to stick with it that's true Yeah, if you can just stick with it, you'll win. You know, if you give up and throw it away, then yeah, you'll never finish it. But if you stick with it, eventually you will finish it, you know? It might not be good, but it's a start. And eventually it'll be good. Eventually. Eventually it will be. Yeah, and then you do it off, off, off Broadway, and then you do it off, off Broadway, and then eventually it'll hit Broadway. Yep, yep. And it's as difficult as people think it is. I think it's just a matter of timing. You know, like when you release things, it's all about timing. Like you, you hear the stories all the time. Like Steven Spielberg, he had, he wrote Jurassic Park like years before it was released, you know? So it's like just timing, you know, Avatar, same story. Avatar was written long before it was released, you know, but it went on to be the number one film. So timing is everything. You just work on it and you don't think like, oh, this needs to be done right now. Or this needs to be um, going to production right now. No, you just be patient and just wait for the time and, it, and the universe always answers. So, Well, Rocky as well. Sylvester Stallone wrote that himself and he tried to sell it, but then people wanted yeah. to buy it, but without Sylvester Stallone attached, they just wanted the script. And he kept saying right. no, and he was broke. He had no money. And he was like, I'm only selling this script if I'm the lead in the movie. And you look yep. at where he ended up now and the movie got done with zero budget and he ended up getting it. It won awards. And now look at his career. He makes yep. any movie he wants. Yep. And that's just it. Patience, timing, you know, every anything is possible if you believe in it enough. You know, if he was to give up on himself, he would not be Sebastian Stallone. Like we would not know him. And know? know your worth. Like know how much you're worth because that's that's key because you will get a bunch of low offers. But if you think you're worth more and more is not only cash, it is what does the deal entail? And it links back to our contract discussion. Like what is what are the fine details in there? Does does it limit you from doing other things or does it give you freedom? So maybe 
you should take the lower cash offer so you have more freedom and that is actually worth more than the higher cash offer. It's true. It's true. You know, and you have to know that it's always the personal decision. So I agree 100%. Well, uh, to be honest, Iris, uh, I think that you're a a really powerful, a really uh, positive life force, which is really awesome for for people who follow you on IG and follow you uh, on your journey and and through your music as well. But I want to give you an opportunity as well. And thank you for coming through uh, and and giving me the time to speak to you and and learn off you as well. Uh, But is there anything that you wanted to shout out and plug and kind of give your fans a bit of a, a message for? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so, guys, follow me on Instagram, Iris Strike. I have my album, Rebirth, that's out right now. Uh, currently doing really well. My single, Get Loose, all on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, pretty much any online streaming platform. Look me up, Iris, S-T-R-Y-X. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and you'll always remember it because it's Iris Strikes. Uh, so yeah. it's super catchy name. We talked about it in the beginning, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and I'm excited to see what you do. And I'm excited to see your Broadway musical come out as well. So hopefully, hopefully yeah. I get to, I get to come see it live at some point as well. Yes. You better come. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta let me know when and where to be. And then you'll see my ugly mug, uh, in the, in, in the seats there. <laughs> nice thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now